Our meditation for today is on our gospel reading, Luke chapter 18, verses 31 through 43. Hear the word of our Lord. And taking the twelve, he, Jesus, said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. But they understood none of these things. This saying was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And he cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And those who were in front rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and commanded him to be brought to him. And when he came near, he asked him, what do you want me to do for you? He said, Lord, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Recover your sight, your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. This is the gospel of our Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This is the last impromptu, improvised, slapdash little sermon here for Shrovetide, the pre-Lent season. It is Quinquagesima, or 50th Sunday, the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. And to our shame, much of the church is having a party. That's right, we're having a big, disgusting flesh fest, aren't we? People are getting ready for Mardi Gras because they want to give beads to girls to see their treasures. Because they want to get drunk. Because they want to have a party before pretending to have something like discipline during the Lenten season. And maybe they will indeed engage in a Lenten sacrifice. But chances are they're not going to be doing their discipline any favors. You see, people like to lose all their self-control. And chances are, if you switch off your self-control to go to these Mardi Gras parties, you are going to have a very hard time switching it back on. If somebody decides they are going to abstain from alcohol during Lent, do you think that getting pig drunk is going to help you maintain that discipline. No, you cast all of that off. And now you're going to tell your flesh that you just fed with your sin, ah, but no more for 40 days. Yeah, give me a break. That's not going to happen. The same goes for people that want to restrict their diet, that want to restrict how much eating they do. Oh, of course. You ate until you puked. You were practically a Roman citizen going to the vomitorium so you could make some more room. And you expect that on Ash Wednesday, suddenly your stomach will just be fine. 
and you'll have an easy time adjusting to the discipline of it. Oh, the church has had some embarrassing episodes with carnival season. When we call it carnival season, indulging every little desire that we have, we end up making fools of ourselves. No wonder there's the stereotype of Catholic guilt, because everybody's guilty for the stuff they thought they were free to do during Shrovetide. What should have been a season of reflection? The word shrove comes from the Old English for absolution. What should have been a season for reflection and confession to understand that we are saved and this is what Christ went to the cross for, those who engage in carnival season instead of an actual shrove tide find themselves all out of sorts. And it leads to the distortions of how people see Lent, beloved. Lenten sacrifices are not you earning merit before God. You should never see it that way. Lenten sacrifices are for you to sympathize with Christ. If he can go to the cross to suffer for you, maybe you can get just a little bit closer in understanding what he did for you if you can eat a little bit less, if you can drink a little bit less, if you can give up something that you typically enjoy to understand that Christ was not having a good time during the Passion. It is not for you to make up for your sins. It is not a penance which earns you forgiveness. That denies the entire point of Christ going to the cross. But when we decide that we are suddenly carnal sinners, just having a grand old time, having cast off everything during the pre-Lent season, well, then you're going to be racked with guilt, aren't you? And then the temptation is going to be there. The devil is going to be there telling you, oh boy, you're such a mean old sinner. You know what you need to do? You need to make it up to God with your fasting. And then maybe you do fast. Maybe you do engage in a Lenten sacrifice, but then the devil comes and tells you what a boring, dull drudgery it all is. And then he tries to get you to break your fast early before Easter, and then you feel bad about yourself for it. And then the cycle goes on and on and on. Indulgence, guilt. Indulgence, guilt. Getting tired of guilt, trying to earn God's favor again. That gets hard. Go back to indulgence. Go back to guilt. The cycle keeps continuing on. And thus the devil keeps you on a hamster wheel. That is not the attitude that our Lord Christ has when he goes to the cross. That is not the attitude he took when he said, I am going to Jerusalem now. Taking the twelve, he said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be delivered over to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and shamefully treated, and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise. Did Jesus say to them, Hey, we are going to go here. And all this bad stuff is going to happen. I'm going to die for your sins. So let's have a party. 
I'm going to get trashed. I am going to cast off my clothing in public. I'm going to paint my face. I am going to look so undignified before men because I understand I'm going to have a hard time for sinners. Is that what our Lord Christ did, understanding his mission to come? Absolutely not. Instead, he continues his ministry as he had been continuing it. Our Lord Christ was full of the motivation to do his duty, knowing full well that he was going to be going to the cross. The time to die was drawing near. And our Lord Jesus does not sit there weeping and feeling sorry for himself. He does not decide to cast off all restraint and have a few days of hedonistic pleasure first before feeling bad about it and then engaging in a Lenten sacrifice. No, our Lord Christ is the very picture of self-control. So the very next thing we see him doing is healing someone. As he drew near to Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. And hearing a crowd going by, he inquired what this meant. And of course, they tell him Jesus is passing by. He's coming through town. The blind man cries out for our Lord Jesus to have mercy on him. Our Lord Jesus does not say to him, Shut up, blind man, I've got bigger fish to fry. Nor does he say to him, Excuse me, I've got a shindig to go to. I've got a party that I must attend here because it's Shrovetide. Of course not. What does he say instead? He stops and he says, What do you want me to do for you? And of course, the blind man wants his sight recovered. Our Lord Jesus has just revealed to the apostles... I'm going to get flogged. I'm going to be mocked, shamefully treated, and spit upon. I am going to be murdered by these people in Jerusalem, and it is going to be horrific. He's just told everybody how awful it is about to be. But instead of feeling sorry for himself, and instead of deciding, well, let us eat and drink for tomorrow we die, the first thing our Lord Jesus does is restore somebody's sight for somebody who trusts in him. He says, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him, glorifying God. And all the people, when they saw it, gave praise to God. The fruit of Christ's efforts, the fruit of him continuing on despite difficulties, despite every excuse in the book that he would have had to cast off restraint or to flee or to rebel against what our Heavenly Father had set him out to do. He does none of those things and instead he heals a man and it glorifies God on high. He had set his face like flint to Jerusalem. He had set his motivation and determination to go there courageously knowing full well what was going to happen. And everybody hearing it, though they did not understand, though it was hidden from them, everybody knew he wasn't talking about having a good time. But in spite of this, he still makes time. The same way he makes time for you and me every single day. Whenever we ask 
Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Our Lord Christ goes to the Father and says, Yes, this one sinned, but I have bled for him. Let us forgive him. It is a wonderful thing that our Lord Jesus, being so unselfish and so disciplined in his perfect obedience to God the Father, makes time for us and shows us compassion that we cannot fully comprehend. So as we go into Lent, I certainly hope that none of us are engaging in Mardi Gras or Carnival season or anything like that. I understand for some people there is a tradition of eating the leftover meat and cheese or drinking the leftover wine that you might have, and if you do that, if you are going to celebrate some of your Christian freedom, please do not go to excess. Do not destroy yourself or make a fool of yourself. As Christ has been disciplined for us, as he exhibited exquisite self-control and selflessness on our behalf so that we might be saved, let us too adopt the same mindset. It is Shrovetide for just a few days longer. And this is a time to receive the forgiveness of our sins so that we may go into Lent with a focus on Christ and not ourselves. That we may glorify Him and not just beat up on our own wrongdoing. Like the blind man, we have cried out, Son of David, have mercy on me. Like King David, we have said, I am yours, save me. And Christ's response to us is, I have saved you. I have brought you to eternal life by my obedience to the Father, my life, my death, and my resurrection. So now we have the freedom, yes, to make some decisions about a celebration, I suppose, but more importantly, the freedom to say, now I want to imitate that. Now I want to be like Christ, and I want to have that same attitude that he had, rejoicing that he has given us that ability. And if we have that mindset moving forward, I promise you, Lent is going to be so much easier, so much more beneficial. It will be a blessing to us, something that gives us joy. Rather than, okay, I gotta be sad and afflicted for 40 days, not exactly certain why, we'll get into that in the coming weeks as Lent begins. But it will be a joy for us, I promise you. I love having a positive Lent rather than a artificially sad one. Well, again, we'll get into that. But until then, the peace of our Lord, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.